It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. On the app, on your mobile, talk radio and talk TV. Good morning. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We have eased our way into the second hour of the show. And while we've got lots of calls to take, we have also got many other things to do in this hour. Peter Hitchens has joined me uh, this morning. We're going to talk about a great many things, including the pooch uh, that nobody got worked up about and the pooch that didn't really happen. That everybody got very worked up about. It's not easy to work out which is which, but I'll tell you one's not in Ukraine and one is. How about that? Uh, Also coming up, we're going to talk about the banking. The latest from the banking world. NatWest apparently is going to limit your access to your own cash even more than you already have been limited to access your own cash. We're also talking about Ascension Island, uh, the new possible um, destination for migrants who come here illegally. Uh, Peter's actually been there, so he can tell us a bit about firsthand what it's like down on Ascension Island. Uh, But we will take your calls as well. 0344 499 1000 is the number. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Peter, very good morning. Good morning. You? Welcome. As it's a here. lovely summer's day out there. Yes, feeling of autumn in the air. I would, there is. I, which I, I, find, I, I find exhilarating. As I long as it's sunny, I'm actually very happy with the, with the world. And I don't particularly like it to be too hot. I was just up at Edinburgh where it was positively wintry. So, so people so <laughs> don't realise how lucky they are to have this climate. Yeah. The, the places where it's constantly hot and humid. Right. Washington, D.C. this time of year, you just have to hide Oh, my God. I was, once there for a, I was once there for a concert on July the 4th. I went down to see, you probably remember Maggie Hall. Yeah. Uh, went to her house, which was around the back of Capitol Hill, and it was so oppressive. Yeah. And you li- were literally just drenched in sweat oh, it's like, it's like all the time. Through, it's walking through soup. You, you, you have to have about five showers yeah. a day. It's, it's awful. Yeah. And the swimming pool's closed because the thunderstorms. You can't right. even swim. It's, it, I, it, I would not recommend it. People should not complain mm. about the British climate. No. It's, it's and really, let's face really it, last year when it was incredibly hot, it was just not suitable for this country because no. not enough air conditioning. There's, you know, the shops. I mean, even yesterday coming back from Edinburgh Airport, standing in Edinburgh Airport with a bit of a hangover and uh, and watching the world go by, I was sitting there kind of going, oh. Yes, but you know. make all forms of weather seem worse when you have a bit of a hangover. That's, yeah, you can't very visit true. your own problems. Very like true. Well, we'll talk more about Edinburgh later, but talk to us about the uh, column this week. Meet the Liberals who condemned Trump's, Trump's failed pooch but happily condone a real one. Well, it's extraordinary uh, that we have People quite rightly are outraged about uh, what appears to have been an attempt to frustrate the democratic mm. will of the American people in uh, was it January 2021. Yes. Uh, and people have actually gone to jail for it, as I understand it. People and, have gone to and jail, it's, yeah. it's deeply disapproved of. Every liberal-minded person deeply disapproves of it. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a, a Donald Trump supporter, and this, this is, is nothing to do for me with Donald Trump or not. It's a simple rule. Mm. If you believe, and I think we have accepted in, in modern societies, that the way in which we choose our governments is a democratic vote, then you have to respect it. If Trump did do what he's accused of doing, and if those people were trying to prevent the the installation of a properly elected President Biden, then they were frustrating that will. They were Mm. undermining the rule of law. They were undermining the whole idea of constitutional representative government. 
and therefore it was a terrible thing. Right. Okay, so we all agree on that, 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 that that's so. Yes. Uh, any any civilised person, liberal or conservative... I mean, I don't know whether... I don't think it's worth necessarily arguing uh, about in terms of the, the niceties of what actually happened, but for me, partly, it, it depends upon how organised it was and whether it was a kind of a spur-of-the-moment type... Well, just imagine, you know, had it succeeded, all kinds of things which are spur-of-the-moment things uh, actually end up changing the world. And so if it had the the... the Lenin putsch mm. in, in Petrograd in 1917 uh, changed the course of history. Yeah. It was a very small number of people and actually surprisingly non-violent. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it's huge. The, that Eisenstein film about 1917 is completely untrue. Mm. It, it portrays a, a, a huge sort of revolution uprising of people. Nothing of the kind. Very small numbers of people can change history yes. by that kind of thing and, they, and defy the, 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 the democratic constitutional will. I think that's evil. I think we have to be against it. Okay. I think we have to be against it. But what I'm saying is, I suppose, that whether you attribute it to something called a pooch or, or something called an organised, you know, rebellion... Well, pooch is a depends, word. Does it's, it not depend on whether it's it, organised? I would say I any any unconstitutional, lawless and violent overthrow of the of the democratic will of a, of a properly constituted uh, government and the democratic will of, of a, a properly conducted election is fundamentally wrong if yeah. you disapprove of it. Okay, and so everybody disapproves of this in the in the instance of the mm. supposed Trumpoid takeover in, in Washington in January 2021. Far, far more significant in the history of the world mm. uh, is the successful coup d'etat against the democratically elected president of Ukraine, yes. Viktor Yanukovych, yes. in February 2014. There's no question it was illegal. Uh, there's no question it was it was violent. Two attempts, very serious attempts, were made, and this is recorded both by Serhi Plokhi, the um, the very much pro-Ukrainian historian, and by Richard Sackler, who's more sceptical on mm. that side. But the, both their histories of the events will show that the attempts were made, quite serious attempts were made, by Yanukovych to broker a peace deal uh, with the Ukrainian opposition, which would involve early elections. And these uh, these attempts were twice. This is uh, Plocky is very good on this in his his new book on on the Ukraine war. These 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 attempts were twice frustrated mm. by demonstrators. Once they set fire to and destroyed Yanukovych's party headquarters, and the second time they basically came to the uh, to the center of Kiev and they met the European Union foreign ministers mm. who broken the deal and said we're not accepting this. Uh, and uh, Yanukovych must go, and if he doesn't go, then violence will right. follow. And so uh, that was the point at which Yanukovych left his seat of government. He was still in Ukraine. This is also another thing which Plocky is very mm. good on. He was still in Ukraine when the Ukrainian parliament then broke its own rules. There is a clear procedure for impeachment of a president in the Ukrainian constitution. Which they didn't follow. It requires, requires all kinds of steps being taken, which yeah. they did not take. Right. I won't go through them all, but they, it, it's, it, you could look it all up. And then they held a vote in which they did not get the requisite number of votes to do so. Now, that happened in Congress. If, right. Congre if Congress held an impeachment of, uh, of President Biden, and well, they, they did it with uh, Trump, uh, didn't yeah, they? But if they held the impeachment for President Biden and it failed to reach the, 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 the required majority, and also they didn't follow the set lawful procedures of the Constitution, then nobody would say, oh, well, that's all right then. Biden was a silly old fool. Right. He should go. Right. Now, Yanukovych, I have no defender of Yanukovych. He was a very bad president mm. and, and, and doesn't seem to me to be much a very nice man. The fact was, however, that beyond doubt, nobody disputes this. He was fairly elected in 2010. Yeah. So a fairly elected national president was removed by a mixture of illegality and violence. And this was the beginning, really, of the whole Ukrainian crisis. 
uh, and the what followed the illegal occupation of Crimea mm. and everything else has happened. The the, the long undeclared war in the and east. No, nothing was done about any of that. And the the interest, the fascinating thing was the reaction of the Obama White House, which was basically uh, sympathetic. The reaction of the American ambassador in Kiev, which was basically sympathetic, and the reaction of the then William Hague, now Lord Hague of Richmond, who was our foreign secretary, mm. who told the House of Commons uh, that the uh, that the necessary majorities had been obtained, yeah. which is incorrect, right. and also said there was no was reason... Was he misinformed? Th there think? was no reason. I believe he was misinformed. Mm. I've written to him about this, and he broke off uh, He broke off the correspondence. Oh, really? Yes, because I showed I, I showed beyond doubt that he had been mistaken, and he, he didn't seem to be prepared to discuss this huh. or, or admit it. But the, the, I, I have taken great care. I'm not saying any of this lightly. I thought it was essential before I said this to approach Lord Hague and say, this is what actually mm. happened. What do you say about it? Right. And his response was to respond to, was to answer the first letter. The second letter came back from his own official address with a, with a sticker on it saying, not to this stress. I really? I'm not making this up. That's a ridiculous. sticker, I think, not at this address. So that was the end of that. But I, 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 have, I, I should stress here that I've used every mm. conceivable uh, journalistic method to contact uh, Lord Hague about this and get him to explain himself and he, he honestly it's it's been very frustrating but here we are so we have two major governments I haven't been able to trace the exact statement issued by the European Union at the time but I don't think they uh, they condemned it either we have well have they a, wanted a, you have Ukraine have to join but what they wanted is one thing yeah. these are all democratic bodies yeah. which claim to be in support of the rule of law and representative government and fair elections and, and, and people coming to power through such elections. And here is somebody overthrown mm. uh, by, by non-democratic, non-lawful means, and what do they say? Nothing. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, but this, apart from anything else, this is, may well be the most significant event in European history since Sarajevo, the assassination. Well, let's not forget it's still going Franz on. Ferdinand. Well, the, 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 the conflict which really began at that point, mm. the undeclared war in eastern Ukraine, in which many people died, uh, then the the illegal seizure of Crimea by Vladimir Putin, and then uh, and then and the continuing occupation. What we now have all stems from mm. this event. Yeah, and I think it should really, really is time. I'm amazed at my again at my media colleagues. They're just not interested. No. And here is and here's a, here's nothing. It's it's a it, it's like it's like George Orwell's 1984. If when four legs good, two legs bad. Uh, everybody has to chant this in, a, in no, not 1984, Animal Farm, yeah. where all the animals have to chant four legs good, two legs bad. And then when the pigs learn to walk on their hind legs, it's four legs good, two legs better. And yeah. everybody changes their mind overnight yeah. on a crucial issue without showing any sign whatsoever of changing their mind. Mm. If you're against putches, if you're against illegal takeovers of, of power, if you think the Trump uh, supporters' attack on the Capitol building was wrong, then you have to think the same thing mm. about what happened in Kiev in February yeah. 2014. And, and so why don't you? And they don't make the you're case. you're not thinking. But they don't make the case either as to why not or why there is a difference or why they believe one thing but don't believe another thing. They just don't say anything. Well, right? they, say, they say things like Yanukovych was a terrible president, which I, which I can see. They say Yanukovych fled from, from Ukraine, which is, it, it is A, irrelevant because he, was, he believed himself to be in physical danger and he was right. quite reasonable for him to, to depart from Kiev, but he was still, well, they say that he as was still proves, in Ukraine. Well, they say that as if it proves that he left yeah, of his own accord. He, he was still in Ukraine. I think if I remember from Plocky, book, I think he was in Crimea, which was still in Ukraine at the time yeah. that the parliament voted with an inadequate majority mm. to remove him. 
yeah. and the Constitution simply was not followed. Well, I, you know, it, this isn't good enough. And also, here is another crucial point in this. He offered early elections, which would, if, if what you thought was, if you thought that Yanukovych needed to be removed, and if you thought he was deeply unpopular and, and, and would be thrown out, then here was an opportunity to do it in a constitutional fashion. Why not accept that? Yes. Was it, is it possible that the Ukrainian opposition were not confident they'd win those elections? Very possible. It has to. It seems to be quite an important consideration to wonder about. But again, what I, all I want about this, and this is an opportunity. It may even be that they didn't believe that they had enough, not only enough votes, but but perhaps that he was too strong to remove. It's in either case, it's, it's possible. In either case, it's worth an argument. The, isn't but it? here is the thing: it, it, the, the the response of, of of major democratic constitutional law, lawful governments to this event was was let's put it at its absolute best it was mm. complacent yes there was no condemnation now why was that and again why aren't people interested and why when i approached the the, the most significant politician involved in, in 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 that issue at the time uh, does he break off correspondence with me rather than continue to discuss it that is a very odd thing i must say uh, coming back uh, with peter hitchens we're going to talk about nat west and their cash limits we'll talk about ascension island of course as well uh, this is talk tv Online, on DAB+, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We've been talking about uh, the Ascension Islands this morning on uh, the show because apparently uh, there's a suggestion that if Rwanda all falls apart, uh, don't worry, we've got another plan. We're going to send them to Ascension Island. By them, of course, we mean the illegal migrants. Peter Hitchens is here. You've been to Ascension Island. I have, twice. A couple of times. Yeah. Was it on the way and on the it way back? It was on the way. Out. I went with uh, the, the late George Younger, a lovely man who was Secretary of State for Defence yeah. uh, from the era when we still had people who were... In politics, he'd taken part in war. Yes, uh, and had been wounded, uh, and he he took a, a press party. Estimable out, out, characters out to the Falkland Islands, and we flew in quite a big jet, uh, but we had to stop at Ascension for a refueling right. stop. Uh, very rocky, mm. is what I would say. I'm not sure it's going to be easy to create flat land <laughs> to put people on, but but I, I only had a brief glimpse because what happened as the plane came in, especially on the plane on the way back from mm. Port Stanley. As it, as it actually came in and, and, and began the approach, they put over the public address. Was, no, this is this is a, a, an RAF flight. There's nothing to drink on it. Right. said, will passengers please not break into a run as they approach the bar? Right. They told them they don't, don't, <laughs> you get out of there, walk in a decorous section right. towards the bar. Absolutely. And the, what most people were concerned about with, with Ascension was to quickly get to the yes. bar and have a drink before they And is it, is it uh, I mean, stupid question, but is it cold? Is it chilly, it windy? It seemed quite warm and windy. Right. Um, rough seas visible, yes. uh, as I recall. Because I was told it's quite a difficult place to land a plane I would on. Think you'd be, well, I think you, you would need to be good at it. But right. I think they've d- redone the runway, haven't yes, they? Yes, so apparently so. It was very important to get these things. They had a problem, wasn't it? Is it St. Alina where they had yes. the runway problems? Cause the That's wind. the one, yeah, because I remember reading about a runway being fixed. Yeah, because St. Alina, I think, is more they, had, they, they built it in some way that actually made the wind shear danger greater, but certainly mm. we, we didn't have any great problems. Like, it's, a, it's a very secret uh, military mm. zone as well. I think it's I think it's where they do the, they watch the fall of um, of of the of the test uh, trident uh, okay. missile war, right. so it's and uh, is it a, a, a military base? Of it some felt kind? very strongly military. Yes, yeah. I mean there was almost everything about it was military, right. uh, except for the bar. Mm. Well, I suppose it was military bar. <laughs> but well, there's always yeah, a bar I, in the I, military, I, isn't there? I, but I said ro- it was very rocky. I didn't see much right. all that much in the way of vegetation and not. But quite a long way your way to fly people to. I mean, I wonder if people, heck of, it was very. It was a long way to get there. If you were going to end up going there, I wonder whether that would be enough to put people off coming here. It's just one of those ideas, isn't it? 
isn't it? I, people, the, the whatever he wants to do is to repeat what the Australians did. Yes. I think, uh, but that, but, it, we but they have really, land a lot further away as they well. They do, and it's, it's but it's 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 also but it's also by agreement with the governments mm. of those of, of those countries, and I I just don't think we have anything remotely like that. No. And I think they're just it's who knows, uh, never say never. Uh, but I would be surprised. Well, the Conservative Party sort happens. of government playbook now is so laughable that it's almost as though they just pick something up out of it and go, why don't we say, let's send them there? Uh, yeah, but maybe one day they'll crack it. I don't know. By accident, I feel. Well, perhaps, yeah. It's, I don't think they're uh, going to do anything Things willfully. are often cracked by accident. You saw the other day somebody, somebody had kept coming up with the, what sounded like a really good way of preventing malaria by yeah. accident. Right. Uh, a lot of good things come back. So yeah. maybe it will. Well, but, but essentially, I mean, it, it was, um, I recommend the bar. Okay, very good. Well, uh, let's talk a bit about Nobby Pilcher, Nobby a name Pilcher. that appeared in your column this week, a, a 1960 drug squad copper. Yeah, Nobby, Nobby was... a great name. Yeah, Nor- Norman, Nor- Norman properly, but Nobby, he became known as Nobby. He, he, he arrested almost everybody in the days when the police still arrested uh, yeah. people for drug possession. Almost all the big rock star yeah. arrests were led by... By Nobby, who right. later got into terrible trouble uh, for falsifying evidence. In fact, he he had he, he was had emig- a proper old he had emigrated to Australia. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I have to say, if I, it, it it always seemed to me to be slightly odd that of all the people in the whole of the Metropolitan Police who who got done for falsifying evidence, it was him. It but was him. What yeah. the heck? Right. Um, maybe it, it really was that rare. But the he, he actually emigrated to Australia, and when he arrived in Australia, he, he went. They, they took him off the boat and, and flew him back. Right. And, and sent, and oh really? So he was actually yeah. indicted effectively. Well, I think I, the, the, there was a sort of feeling that. Maybe Maybe that they wanted to give the impression that he fled the country, which he hadn't. He right. decided to emigrate already. But, but leaving that aside, he did a little. My, my Mrs. Hitchens was a, a, a criminal lawyer, and he did a little bit of work for um, the, the firm that she she then worked for, right. including uh, because he ran a driving school, uh, t- teaching their their staff to drive and so it's she, she, she benefited story, from the, the Nobby Pilcher driving school and it was quite un- unorthodox there was one lesson which was actually called how to cut up a London taxi <laughs> which gives you an indication of the kind of driving yes. he was teaching and then more more practical and theoretical it came in very handy uh, when we moved to Moscow yeah. and Mr. Sitchins had to drive the Volvo around the streets of that city which in, in those days the basic principle of, 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 of Soviet traffic is that uh, the, the, everybody is the enemy yes and, and you well New York uh, you, was a bit you, like you're that the as Germans well. and it was it, it was pretty I got rammed I think my third time out I got <laughs> rammed on the ring road by a Soviet lorry right which made made the car well, look, you're in the way well something like that made the car look as if it had been in the Battle of Jutland but right. actually it was still drivable yeah. which was a good thing because Soviet insurance took ages to pay we could not get right. it fixed right. uh, and it and, and so she drove around with her nobby pilcher skills in this in this wreck uh, and they after after a while they learned to give her a wide berth so <laughs> we, we were grateful yeah to, new york was the same you know there was no point having a decent car you just had an old car that yeah. you could park because there was well, a great race in the morning i had to say a car with a badly twisted wing is, yes is best of all because people think you've got nothing, people stay nothing well out of the way also, you talk about the, the the run to the bar. We used to have the run to the car uh, in uh, in New York in the mornings, where they would come and clean one side of the street. Ah. So you'd have to move it from one side of the street to the other. They cleaned and the streets. They did. I mean, it wasn't any point because they weren't any cleaner when they finished. No. But they used to come, particularly in the summer. Um, and um, my girlfriend at the time used to say, when it rains in New York, it makes soup. 
in the street. Yeah, I can imagine. And you'd have to get up and move the car from the left-hand side of the street to the right-hand side of the street before everybody else well, did. Well, these days, of course, it would make marijuana-flavoured soup. It probably the is. air is so yeah, full of it would. fumes now. I think. But, but there we are. Let's talk about um, Julian Assange. Yeah. We're talking about people well, being I, deported. I think and, it's just astonishing. Here we are with this, with this poor man uh, imprisoned. Endlessly. I mean, he's, he's not really... How long has he been in now? I can't remember. It must be years, now. right? Ages. Years. And I think he's long ago served the sentence which was imposed on him for, for, for jumping bail. He's basically there now because because he is... Um, they, won't, they won't allow him out on bail because of the extradition threat which lies over him. And I suppose you could say that's reasonable. He, he has skipped bail. They can't really let him go free. But why he has to be in Belmarsh in the most oppressive prison conditions pretty much in the country. I'm not sure. Mm. But in any case, I just think I've looked at this extradition. Uh, there are many things about it which are, which, are, which are very worrying, one of them being basically no journalist is safe mm. if, if, if this extradition goes ahead. Yeah. There's a clear state, statement in the extradition treaty between us, us and the United States that no political extradition should take place. I don't think there's any doubt that this is a political extradition. It simply shouldn't mm. be happening. But it's grinding on, and at some point... Maybe very soon there's going to be an announcement that Julian Assange has been has been shoved on a plane yeah. and sent to the United States. Well, this is all back to the WikiLeaks days, right? This is all going back to WikiLeaks. It was a long time yeah, ago yeah, as well. Could, but he could be he, he could be imprisoned in, in some federal dungeon mm. for the rest of his life. Right. Uh, this is a man with a wife and and, and, and young children mm. who has committed, uh, as, as far as I can see, uh, no crime under the laws of this country. And I, I just would ask people. Uh, if they're at all concerned about this, and there are things said about Julian Assange endangering uh, Western people, which are very much challenged by his supporters. Yeah. I'm no friend of Julian no, Assange. I'm not. The last time we encountered each other was at a debate on drugs, where we were very rude to each other. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Right. Uh, he, he should have he, he should have justice and, and freedom. So if you feel able to write to to, to the right on. Suella Bravman, yes. the Home Secretary. I'll give you the address here, if you wouldn't mind. Yes. Um, we'll post which, it up as we yeah, speak which, as well. Yeah, at the Home Office, which is 2 Marsham Street, and it's London, SW1P and 40F. And ask her not to permit this extradition. Please be polite, mm -hmm. because rudeness is of no help. Uh, please be brief, and I would say, above all, please be numerous. Yes. Actually, these things, Theresa May, to the surprise of everybody, uh, halted the extradition of uh, unfair in a different way of Gary McKinnon some years ago. Yes. It is within her power to do it. Yeah. And I think if people ask nicely in large enough numbers, it might happen. And the if very certain, did, certain thing is if you do yeah. nothing, uh, you, you, it's much more likely to And is ahead. he now currently being held in lieu of that extradition, i.e. if they say, well, we're not going to extradite him, then would he, he then be freed? Be freed? If, the, if she cancelled the extradition, he yeah. would then be freed. The only reason, as far as I can see, that he's being held is because they're, they're afraid of a flight risk yeah. while he awaits extradition. As soon as the extradition threat is lifted, then I believe he would he would then be free to be also to yeah. to, to get together with his his, his wife and, and and children again. Right. There's lots of material on the web about these accusations mm. against him, which uh, many of which people have, have, have believed. But I promise you, uh, the case for him being being taken off to, to to the United States is extremely weak, and it's it's very dangerous indeed to uh, to, to to press freedom and freedom of speech in general if it goes ahead. Mm. Interesting. Final story, front of the Telegraph today, NatWest limits access to cash for certain yeah. customers. This, on the top of what we've already seen NatWest and Coots doing and other banking groups admitting, which is basically that they may make a judgment upon your fitness to have a bank account based on what you might yeah. be saying on social media. They've all admitted it now, basically. They've said, well, uh, somebody would have to complain. Well, anybody could complain. 
about we, you, yes. and they would look into your bank account. Didn't we all used to laugh at the French peasants who, who kept money under yeah. the mattress yeah. and safes under the floor? But it, I, uh, now I don't, because mm. it seems to me they, they have their heads screwed on. Governments uh, sh should not be interfering anything like so much in such a basic mm. activity as paying for the goods that you yeah. bought, which is a f fundamental freedom. If once you are not allowed to have cash, every transaction you, you undertake becomes uh, actually effectively under surveillance. Digital. And also stoppable yeah. by all some officials. If someone can cancel your bank mm. account uh, or, or debank you, uh, they can also, by throwing a similar switch, just say, well, sorry, that's we're not making your payments, yeah. leaving you completely. I mean, I, there, there is someone in this country at the moment who's under sanctions to whom this has more or less happened, yeah. the, the extraordinary case of, um, of Graham Phillips, which I'll come back to some other time. But it, it's, it basically means you cannot, uh, you cannot live. Mm. Now, in France, there is an absolute law that, that traders, restaurants, shops, hotels have to accept cash. Uh, they're not allowed to refuse it. And cash in that country is still very much respected in a way which it isn't here. I think that there needs to be somebody to get on the private mm. members' bill ballots so, so if the government won't do it, to bring up a bill to make a similar law exist. Because there are traders cash now in... Cash is an in, important in, part of yeah. human freedom. No, there, are, there are traders in this country, and there's some pubs as well in this country who won't, won't take cash. Oh, I was, lots of places I was unusually surprised, actually, at the weekend. I was up in Scotland, and I got in a cab, and the guy said, look, I, I hope you got cash, because I only take cash. Yeah, but I can't remember people, the last time I heard that. A lot of people think that the... the, the the, the, the law in this country uh, actually stipulates that people have to accept cash, but it doesn't. Mm. You, you have to accept it in settlement of a debt. Yes. But if you haven't contracted the debt, then you, you don't have to accept it. So the Legal Tender Act doesn't, doesn't actually make, force them to do it. So if somebody puts up a notice saying, we don't accept cash, uh, then, then that's it. They're, they're, they're clear. They don't have to accept it. Right. And I remember. So um, it needs to change. Sometimes the difficulties in getting rid of some um, Scottish uh, currency when you were in, in England, and, and even worse, Northern Irish. Well, indeed, pounds, Northern, Northern which Irish. Think, everybody not, thinks you just made up. Thing to do. They just but, go, that's not real. But there was a quite an enjoy <laughs> enjoyable period when you could still get Scottish pound notes and you couldn't get English ones. Yes. When I had a lot of Scottish pound notes. Yeah. People actually tended to accept them because pound notes are so convenient. Mm, yeah, the absolutely. Americans still have the dollar bill. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, interesting times. Well, listen, as ever, great to see you, Peter. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Coming up, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, more crime because, of course, uh, half of the crimes that are actually now being solved are still not really dealt with. They result in no charge whatsoever. Plus, we seem to have lost, apparently, 500 sex offenders. Nobody knows where they've gone. Brilliant. Uh, we'll find out, see whether we can find them. This is Talk TV. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.